Welcome into the Daily Illini Sports Podcast. I'm Josh Peace, joined alongside again with Brendan Jones. Brendan, how you doing? Doing great. It's uh, it's been a long week, a little bit, but uh, homecomings this weekend. I'm excited. My family's coming, and uh, got to see some wins this past weekend. So can't complain. Yeah, um, Bears got a win over the Lions. Uh, Illinois football got a win over Charlotte. Those those two are kind of the same, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, Take care of business, I guess. No, most definitely. Those are two games that, at least at the beginning of the season, for both teams, I had circled as like pretty much like give, givens. Um, it's glad that even though both of the teams kind of performed below my expectations, they were both still wins. So it was nice. Yeah, I agree. I gave Illinois football like in my grades like a B minus total, which mm-hmm. is you know okay. You know they won. I had it a little bit, little bit higher for the Bears. Um, but what I think everyone liked was the play of Justin Fields, which is what we're going to talk about first, because Matt Nagy said not only he, is he going to be the starter this week against Oakland, but he is the starter moving forward unless he gets hurt. So I'd say that's a pretty big news. Brendan, give me your uh, thoughts on that. Yeah, um, I think after the, the game against Detroit, it was kind of apparent. It's funny because that's kind of where at least a lot of the people that I you know, listen to um, and, and talk about with the Bears. That's where we kind of had Justin Fields starting circled. And that's um, including you and me. Right, exactly. That's including yeah. me and you. So um, that's, you know, we, he was forced into that Cleveland game because of an injury, didn't perform well, didn't really have the opportunity to perform well. So this was, I looked at it as kind of his debut against the Lions and there's a lot to like. There was, there was, you know, huge throws. I know, yeah, he had four like really, really big plays in the first one when they were kind of backed up in their own end zone, not in their end zone, but on, in their own uh, red zone. And for the Bears, the last couple of years, every time a quarterback for the Bears throws the ball where you can't see it on the TV screen, my heart like stops a little bit because I think it's either going to sail or it's going to be an interception. And when Mooney came down with that and it was right in his pocket um, and led him away from the defenders, it was just such a good sign. And that was early in the game, and you automatically knew it's like, okay, this is this is this is going. This is what's this what needs to happen. And he made a few more of those plays, or a few more of those throws. Um, Justin Fields did throughout the game, and just you know, just really a lot to like. Just being able to extend plays, being able to throw the ball down the field, you know, understanding the 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 defense and, and learning and getting better. I mean, there was a story that literally just came out today that after he got named a starter, his parents wanted to take him to dinner, and he's like, no, I want to go watch film, like. I love that. Like that's, you know, that he always wants to get better. He's never shown me anything. And I know there were, there were issues or there were, there were reports about issues of character or whatever uh, during his, the end of his Ohio state and, and during the draft process. But I mean, this guy just, there's nothing that he's done so far to show me that, you know, he doesn't want this opportunity and even talent wise that he's not going to capitalize on this opportunity. So I'm so excited. This is going to be a tough game. I mean, the Raiders just lost, but they were three and O they have a pretty good defensive line. Um, they have a pretty good offense when it's clicking. It wasn't really clicking against um, the Chargers, but so far this season, it really has. So it'll be a test. I don't expect them to really win against the Raiders, but I mean, this, I, I don't think this should be another Cleveland game, right? This is a, a team that may make the playoffs, may get a wild card spot, depending on how that division shakes up. But I don't, I don't think it should be as bad as the Cleveland loss. And I think it'll be a game where you can expect more good plays by Justin Fields. Yeah, I agree. I think he's just going to get better and better every game. And, you know, like you mentioned that Cleveland game where Justin Fields got sacked 10 times. And instead yeah. of, you know, like even Stephen A. Smith the next morning was like, <laughs> Fields, you know, 
forced his way out of Chicago. Something <laughs> like stupid that. headline. Yeah, for sure. Instead of Fields paying attention to that, he comes back, has his best game of the year against the Lions, and ultimately gets named the starter. So, you know, like you said, there were some character, you know, questions or whatever about him. I don't see him at all. I'm sure mm-hmm. some people had good reasons, but I just love that he continues to get better. He gets named the starter indefinitely. It sounds like he expected it, so he was just like, meh, I'm just going to go watch film. Yeah, that's the like, thing. for I mean- him. I th- yeah, for sure. Good for him. I'm so happy for him. Um, and I'm also happy. I think this quarterback room has, you know, it, it's it's a tough situation, right? We They went out and got Andy Dalton, and they had no idea that Justin Fields was going to be there for that opportunity. You know, so for all, I mean, intents and purposes, Andy Dalton was supposed to be the whole season starter. And it kind of just shifted to a position where, look, we got this rookie quarterback that we believe in. And so it's obviously a t- tough situation. But shout out to the quarterback room. They're all there rooting for each other. They're all there, you know, helping each other out. Even Nick Foles, who I think could be a backup, a number two, pretty much in any other situation in the league, um, you know, is in a a really tough situation right now. But, um, yeah, no, I'm excited for this team, and I'm excited looking forward. You know, I'm not – I'm obviously very critical of a lot of things this team does, but it's it's nice to sit back and be like, okay, like I think think we have a little bit of a future, especially – um, you know, we we look at Justin Fields, we look at David Montgomery, we look at who just got injured and be out for five weeks, unfortunately. But um, look at Darnell Mooney, like and and the defense that still has young pieces and Jalen Johnson and then and then Roquan Smith. It's it's looking up for the future, and I'm very excited. Speaking of the future, I mean, I wonder what this means for Allen Robinson because against Cleveland, like no one basically had receptions, and then go to the Lions. I remember uh, Pro Football Focus said four of Justin Fields' throw were quote-unquote like big-time throws or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it, I think one of those was to Robinson where he was celebrating after the play and, you know, he seemed to get hype a little bit. Do you think that Fields being named the starter will influence Robinson's free agent decisions? Because I know a lot of yeah. it's going to come down to money and see if the Bears can offer him, you know, what he wants. But let's say the Bears and another team, like, just going to throw a team out there like the New York Giants with another – you know, young quarterback, if they think they're on the rise and their defense is getting better, if he has similar offers, where's he going to go? You know, is having fields and him getting that chemistry early going to help this situation? What do you think about that? I think it comes down to two things in order for Al Robinson. One is money. I mean, he's, he said that he feels like he is, uh, you know, a a receiver that is on the top end of, of the talent pool and the production pool in the league. And he deserves, he feels like he deserves to get paid for it. Um, by all means, like that, that that's most important to him. So that that should be what, you know, he makes his decision on. But I, I think he also wants to play with a consistent quarterback. He's never had a consistently good quarterback in his whole entire NFL career. And he's still a top two receiver. So I think that's going to be a huge thing. It, it's not going to help if, or it's not going to hurt if Justin Fields just, you know, is is amazing from this point on and, and really like shows a lot of promise and shows the ability to grow. It's not going to hurt Allen Robinson wanting to, uh, you know, stay here at all, but it, it, it will come down to money, I think. And if a team that has a similar offensive situation, I think, and I think Allen Robinson feels like he can make production with pretty much anybody. I mean, he has throughout his whole career, but if a team offers him, you know, more money substantially and is able to do that and still has a chance of winning, I think that Allen Robinson won't be here next year. Yeah. I think that everything, you know, fields coming in, them developing that chemistry. I think everything helps the situation. The only thing I could, you know, think of right now that might hurt it is 
it almost seems like Mooney is Fields' you know, number mm-hmm. one guy. Yeah. Which is great for the Bears because him and Mooney just seem to have this connection. Like, I, I think that any Bears fan that watched last season, you know, expected pretty high things out of Mooney this year, and we're definitely seeing that. I think that he's developing very nicely and is going to be a key number one or two guy in this, you know, on this team for years to come. But that's the only thing I can think of if Robinson mm-hmm. wants to be, like, the main number one guy. But besides that, you know, if Fields can get him the ball, if they develop a good relationship, if the offense score and start scoring more points, I can definitely see, you know, Robinson getting, you know, happier here. And, you know, what's going to help with that is they're going to be passing the ball more now than Montgomery is hurt, like you said, which is a real blow to the team, by the way. That stinks, doesn't it? No, for sure it stinks. I mean, Montgomery has been, you know, a top 10 rusher this year easily um, in talent and and, and and just, you know, production especially. But – it is, it's very tough, but it's it's the opportunity for Justin Fields to do two things. One, develop his passing, understand that, you know, you don't have, you know, your 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 Pro Bowl running back, um, you know, potentially back there for, for the next month and a half. How are you going to, how are you going to adjust? How are you going to do that? And how are you going to make sure that, you know, you don't have that, you don't have that safety blanket. So how are you going to continue to be productive? That That's going to mean he's going to have to get the ball out quicker. That's going to mean he's going to have to um, pass a lot more and hit his targets more. And it's also going to mean he's going to have to run a lot more. Um, I mean, we didn't see that a, a bunch against the Lions, his, his running ability, but he has that. He's dangerous on his feet. He's a 4-4 guy for, you know, and that that speed and that elusiveness. And he's also a guy that, you know, has after he he cuts through the line, he has a couple moves in his bag. So it'll be interesting to see, but I think we'll we'll see a lot more passes, but we'll also see a lot more design QB runs um, and option plays and, and, and RPOs and stuff like that. So it'll be interesting. I think it'll be a fun offense to watch, but it is going to hurt without having David Montgomery. I mean, we've seen how good he's been over the last, you know, 10 games for, for the Bears um, spreading back to last season. So it'll just be, it'll be tough, but it'll be something that, you know, I mean, injuries happen. You can't let one guy going down derail your hopes yeah I'm a huge David Montgomery guy so obviously he just you know comes back stronger which I'm sure he will he seems like he has all the motivation in the world and I want to go back to something you you know you were talking about how Fields has like such good feet and he's a dynamic quarterback and it just helps your situation so much because not only obviously do you have the ability to both pass the ball effectively and run when you need to but if we look at the quarterbacks right now in the league running that are like dominating Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen. What do all these guys have in common? They can run. They can run. They have. They can throw the ball effectively, and they can all run really well. Like obviously, the Bradys and the Rodgers and the Breezes and the Peyton Mannings were all you know some of the best quarterbacks of all time. But frankly, I mean, even Mahomes can run. Yeah, know, for sure, he can get out of the pocket. Well. Like these are the best quarterbacks in the league right now. Obviously, you know, Brady and Rodgers are you mm. know a little more old fashioned. They've both been here since the two thousands. But yeah, I mean, I totally agree with you. It's you can't understate how important it is to have a mobile quarterback. I mean, then the guys you mentioned and and Lamar and Josh Allen and Russ um, and then Kyler Murray, those three, three of those guys, Lamar, Josh and Kyler are their best teams rusher, you know, by far. So it, it's so important to have that rushing game. Um, and you even see with the Ravens, I mean, their passing game struggles a lot, partly because, uh, you know, Lamar, partly because of, of their receiving weapons. Um, but 
they always get a way to, you know, they always find a way to win. And it's a lot because of their rushing game. So it's, it's super important. And I, I, I really love, you know, Justin Fields ability to do that. I think that's important. And I mean, we've talked about it before. I think he's very comparable to, to Russell Wilson. I think he can be a bigger version of Russell Wilson, especially when he gets out of the pocket. So Man, I, that's a good comp, man. Russell Wilson hasn't missed a lot of time uh, with injuries, and he gets out the pocket a lot. So it'll be interesting to see, but I'm excited. Yeah, and you could easily argue. I mean, even last year for Russell Wilson, if it weren't for his offensive coordinator, he probably would have had an MVP year. So good for him. Transitioning to the uh, the defense, I continue to like what, I see, what I've seen. I saw an injury report today. I don't think Khalil Mack or Akeem Hicks practiced today. Mm-hmm. Are those big things? Or, you know, I know that Mack takes a lot of time off in practice just because of, like, the wear and tear on his body and stuff right. like that, but is always usually good by Sunday. Have you seen anything that indicates neither either of them aren't going to play Sunday? I haven't seen anything that indicates they're not going to play. I know I'm a little nervous about Mac when when he got that fumble scoop um, and and he he did that that lateral forward pass or whatever to Eddie Jackson, um, which was so fun to watch. But he was hurt. He did it because he was hurt, um, which was a scary moment. I know as it cuts a commercial, he was on the sideline like keeling over, which. It's never a good sign because obviously, you know, he hasn't been as productive as he was his first year, but I would still consider him our most impactful defensive player. He is. Um, Yeah. yeah, And I think he's just as good. It's just, you know, different situations, whatever. But I mean, even that Lions game, he was just really good. And it's nice that I don't know if he's going to play. It's nice that Robert Quinn is, is playing well. Last year was rough after the bears gave him that big contract, but this year he's really stepped up. It'll be, it, I think it'll be very, very interesting to see, but we've seen what happens when you take Akeem Hicks out of it. The the rushing defense suffers a lot. He's just a big body. He can get through guys uh, right there in the middle. So I hope they play, um, but they're both, they both have had their, their injury problems in the past. So I wouldn't be surprised if, um, you know, one of them shows up on the, on the do not play list. Roquan Smith still been awesome. I still really, like Jalen Johnson, like you said, Robert Quinn is finally earning that huge paycheck of his, which is nice to see. It's nice to see both the offense and defense being able to perform well against the team they should be. Like, I know like yeah. a lot of people will say, like, especially in the MLB, like people will criticize teams for, you know, sweeping uh, the bad teams, but then like losing two out of three to a good team. But in retrospect, that's what good teams do. That's how right. you like playoffs, right? You beat the teams you're supposed to, and you try to take 500 off the teams that you don't. And obviously the Bears aren't going to take 500 off of good teams right now. They're not there yet. But to see them going against a team like the Lions or seeing what they did against week two is still encouraging because it means, you know, you have a young quarterback, you're improving, and then it, at least at least their floor is probably a little higher than some people might have criticized them for after the Rams game or the, after the Browns game. Yeah, for sure. I think they're still better than the Lions 100%. Um, they should win both those games. And I think they're still a little bit better than the Vikings. I know the Vikings have have really struggled, but in terms of the rest of the NFC, I still don't think that they are good enough to get a wild card spot Um, right now. Like it's shaking up that I think they're like, they're like ninth or 10th, depending, obviously it's early in the season. So you got a lot of teams with tied records, but I, I don't see them in the playoffs unless something, you know, crazy happens. They have a hard schedule. They have to play, you know, the NFC or the AFC North, you know, they have to play, the Packers a couple of times, the Vikings, I think they'll probably split that this year, um, especially if, if everybody's healthy. So it'll be tough, but I, there's a lot, there's a lot to like. And obviously we came into this year thinking that it'd be like a, a reset type of year. Um, maybe they make the playoffs, maybe not. But I think part one of this, you know, 
how do we get the Bears better is getting that quarterback that you feel like is competent. Part two is fixing this offensive line. That's a two or three year project um, doing that. So we'll see where they end up after that. But um, I think there's there's definitely a place for optimism where in, in last year, like even when they made the playoffs, even when they, they, you know, got that stretch at the end of the regular season to push their way to the playoffs. I was never optimistic about that team because it always just seemed like there was no direction. Now it seems like there's a direction and, and that's exciting. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I don't by any means expect them to get a wild card spot. I, I went through the schedule yesterday mm-hmm. um, and I'm not going to be able to tell you which specific games because there's 17 games now in the NFL, but I, I expect them to win like six games, I think, which is yeah. fair. But no, just my point is that there are still teams worse than the Bears and they're probably a little bit closer than I thought to being very good. Not a, infinitely closer, mm-hmm. but I think, like you said, two, three years is very realistic for the Bears to hopefully be in a very competitive race if not the leaders for an nfc north title and if you can win the nfc north i mean you're probably a super super bowl contender so depending on the division well you know we'll see what happens if kirk cousins is still there if golf is still there most importantly if rogers is is still there i doubt he'll be but yeah i don't know the rogers situation is still very interesting yeah i don't know what to make out of it also it's like it feels like it could change. It feels like it could change in any moment. It doesn't feel like, like, I know, like, they posted the whole, like, last dance stuff and, you know, whatever. But I don't know. It just seems like they also have a, a fine situation as it plays out on the field. Yeah. Now, the, the front office, Aaron Rodgers might completely disagree with the, the, the way that the team is handled, even coaching. But on the field, they're always the best team in the NFC North. Do they always win a championship? Do they usually, you know, fumble or not fumble, but flutter in the playoffs? Yeah, but sure. But they're always there. They always have that opportunity. And I don't know, Rodgers likes Devontae Adams a lot. I mean, that's, you know, one of his favorite targets he's ever had uh, in that offense. So it'll. I'm still not 100% certain he's going to leave. I think it's likely. I think he, he doesn't necessarily want to be there. And I think it'd be great for us Bears fans. But I think – this that's the situation you have to assess after the season. You know what I mean? Last question about the Bears before we go to Illini football. Who has more job security right now? Matt Nagy or Ryan Pace? Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Ugh, I hate that question. Um oh, man, that's a good question, actually. I think right like at this moment, I would say. Ah, that's ah, oh man. You're you want to think about it for a second? Yeah, let me. You you give me your answer. Yeah. Think so I definitely think question. that Ryan Pace has more security right now because, first off, the hire of Nagy was not a bad hire at all. If we're going back that far, because he was an assistant on arguably the best offensive offensive coordinator, or an assistant on the best offense in the NFL. He was the offensive coordinator. I think that he even the Khalil Mack trade to me now seems good. The picks that he's really messed up because he he was there for Kevin White, right? That one wasn't good. Leonard Floyd was a miss. He shouldn't have done that. He's too small. And then you can even look at like Anthony Miller. But I think that all of his middle stuff has been good. The Robert Quinn contract is working out now. And even though I question the Nick Foles and Dalton signings, I think he made up for that with Field because, like I said, we're looking at someone that we think is probably going to be the uh, – you know, the quarterback of the Bears for the next five, hopefully 10 years. So I'm not saying he's great, but I'm saying it's not even 
by far, in my opinion, the worst GMing in the NFL were Nagy and his play calling. Like he's the coach for one of the worst performances I've ever seen, which was (laughs) two weeks ago against the Browns. So that's where, that's where I'm at. I think pace has has more security. Yeah. I think I would agree with you uh, for a little bit different reasons. Like I feel like because pace can fire Nagy and because (laughs) what is that? That's true. Yeah, because but then also the people who would be in control of Pace's job security, I think Pace cares about winning. I think he wants to win. I think the people that have job have have the 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 control over Pace's job security don't care as much about winning and only really care about is this team making money, um, which they are still. So as long as that is is happening, I don't think Pace is in such a bad situation. As a fan, I would you know, not be mad to see both of them go, but I think currently Nagy has less, um, but, but yeah, I, I've seen a lot of bad stuff from Nagy. Also, I've seen good stuff from Nagy, right? Like I, I rag on him a lot, but he, he did a lot. I mean, that 2018 offense, which is the best offense he had, um, you know, it, it, I, with, with Mitch Trubisky, it made him look, I mean, he was a pro bowler that year for a reason. And, and that was, you know, very, very, you know, helpful. And I, I would also think, like to think that he had a large say in, in trying to get Justin Fields. I mean, he saw him fall and he wanted him. And I think that was a lot of Matt Nagy being like, I need this guy. Um, but other than that, yeah, I mean, I also like his assistants. Um, you know, I like Desai and I like Laser. But, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't think either of them have, like, top-notch job security. But I would say that Matt Nagy's a little bit his, – his seat's a little hotter. I completely agree. Couldn't have worded it better. All right, we'll go on to Illinois football now, who's coming off a 24-14 win against Charlotte. You and I will both say they didn't play that well. The offensive line had a good game. The running backs had a great game. That's it, besides maybe the defensive line, too, who had a good game. Yeah. So it brings up a really interesting situation this weekend because it's homecoming, and Brett Bielema is going against his former team, Wisconsin, who only has one win. And honestly, Brian, I don't know how much you've watched of Wisconsin, but they're not that good this year. Yeah, no, they're not good. They have no offensive identity. Nothing. They, they, I mean, Graham Mertz just fooled that whole state when he came, when he was, it was actually in Madison that game last year where he threw five touchdowns, no interceptions, and like one incompletion against him. I was going to say, he had, it was like 23 for 24. (laughs) He was, I don't know what was in him that day, but he. Grammy Heisman, Brendan, Grammy Heisman. Grammy Heisman, everybody thought, I mean, they did. And since then he's been bad he'd been really bad what does he have like two touchdowns and six interceptions this year I mean he's putting up Art Sikowski freshman year numbers and that's not a good thing at all you did not just compare Grant (laughs) numbers though the the crazy amount of interceptions the low amount of touchdowns like but he's yeah he fooled he fooled them and and he fooled us I mean I thought when I saw that happen and I was like man him and that defense like and I didn't even he it was just tough and it just Obviously, at that point, he was just – Illinois hadn't scouted for him, and he was just taking advantage of how bad that Illinois defense is that we didn't know They're about. so yet. bad. They were so I bad. Mean, you know, you're right. It's not that hard to throw to wide open players. No, that – and, like, watching that tape back, as soon as I – like, during the game, I was so confused. I was like, how do guys get so wide open? And then watching that back, I was like, oh, they were just terrible coverage, coverage decisions and terrible, like, coverage on the field. But, yeah, I mean, they give the ball away a lot. They don't have a real good running game. And – they have giveaway Graham under center and that's, that's a recipe for Illinois to take advantage of that. Um, do I still think that Illinois defense is, you know, phenomenal? No, they've had a good couple weeks. They put a good couple weeks together, which is really good. Um, 
but the whole thing is I don't think their offense can compete with Wisconsin's defense. And that's just what it comes down to. I mean, I love them putting up 330 plus yards on Charlotte. That's what you're supposed to do. You know what I mean? And, and Chase Brown had a phenomenal game. They can do, they can execute the same way they did against Charlotte and they probably end up against Wisconsin with probably like 150 rushing yards tops. That's how good Wisconsin's rush defense is. So you're going to have to pass the ball. And the thing is, Last week, Brandon Peters had 10 completions for 78 yards. And his one touchdown, if that was a better DB, if that was a Wisconsin DB, would have been an interception. So it's going to be an ugly game. It's going to be a real ugly game. A lot of punts, um, probably a couple of defensive touchdowns, which are always fun. But I I can't see Illinois winning this game. It's it's tough. I hope I'm wrong. I was wrong last time Wisconsin came to town. Um, And this is a much – Everyone was wrong this game. (laughs) <laughs> this is a much worse Wisconsin team, but this is a much worse Illinois offense. So, I mean, we'll have to see. Yeah, I agree. We're going to have to see. I, you know, I could see Illinois winning. I'm probably not going to predict they do. Mm-mm. It's just, it's weird because, you know, I was doing a lot of research yesterday and I said this, you heard it. Like when Wisconsin won, they had 350 rush yards. When they've not been able to score points, they've been held under a rush, under hundred rush yards. So I'm hoping that if the D line has a good game yeah. again, Illinois is not giving up more than 20 or 25 points. It'd be very disappointing if they did, like you said, on the contrary, it's just going to be so hard for Illinois to score because their strength is their running game. I believe that the, one of the best rushing games in the big 10, probably, Yeah. but Wisconsin has such a good rush defense. So even if you have chase Brown and Josh McCray fully healthy, which it sounds like they're going to, it's going to be so hard to get something going because if you have to rely on Brandon Peters, who, like you said, there's 78 yards, <laughs> cannot, you know, throw more than a hundred, like low hundred yards. He only has, dude, he only has five 200 plus yard passing games You're in his Illinois tired. career. And Art has started two games and he did it in both of his games. I guess didn't that's another get, argument. Didn't he, got, didn't he get 200 plus against Nebraska too? No, he finished like 175. Oh, but yeah, I mean, I totally agree with you. I think, and the thing that was the most frustrating, I think, about Charlotte, and it was I'm so happy they won, but it's that because how good the rushing game was, especially in the second half, the passing game should have been so open. Yeah. And at times it was. Like, Brandon Peters had two receivers, like, open down the field, wide open, and he just underthrew them or overthrew them. Um, you know, well, he also can't make a second read. It's impossible. He also, right. It's also hard for him to, to make those reads. So I just have – and it's tough because I, I want – and I've seen flashes. I say this every time. I've seen flashes of Brandon Peters be really, really good. And then – but those are just flashes, like real quick flashes. Like maybe combine like three whole games where I'm like, man, Brandon Peters is kind of good. But that's in three seasons. And, you know, he has his injury issues, and I understand. But it's just he – you can't be a six-year quarterback who was recruited to Michigan who – you know, everybody touts as having this NFL talent arm, and that's why he's still the quarterback. And you go out and get 78 yards against Charlotte. Like, I did, I, I, I can't see, and I understand, like, Arts Kelsey's not the answer. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that Arts Kelsey's going to be going to lead Illinois to the great passing offense. But he threw touchdowns, yeah. and he barely threw – he threw one interception. And, and it wasn't his fault. And it wasn't his fault. And Illinois scored touchdowns when he was on, when he was on the field. So <laughs> – It'll just – I don't know what it is. I don't know what the hold that Brandon's potential has on this coaching staff. I don't know if Art Sikowski, 
you know, just is bad in practice, but shows up on game days and they just can't trust them. I don't know what, what, what's the situation. Obviously I'm not in practice. None, none of us are, but man, I just, if Brennan Peters plays the way he's played since he's been back from injury, they won't win the game. They just won't win the game. Yeah. Yeah. They won't win the game. And unless he has this crazy performance where he does, you know, 300 yards passing and, you know, three touchdowns, then they have a shot. But if he throw if he goes out there and throws, you know, 18 passes and completes 11 of them and seven of them are checkdowns and three of them are slants, like they're not winning the game. They just can't, no, can't win the game like that. And, and you know, like his two biggest passing plays, except for the, the touchdown, were, were screens. And I love it. I love getting the screen game involved. But you can't win on screen. This isn't, you know, peewee football. And it's 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 frustrating to see, but I just don't think they trust him to 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 call those plays for him. And I don't think he has the ability, at least right now, whether it's mental confidence level or maybe his shoulder is messed up, which I thought it was his non-throwing shoulder or whatever. But I don't know. It's it's frustrating. And I just can't see them winning this game if Brennan Peters doesn't have a complete turnaround. I've said it before to you and I've said it to a lot of people and I truly do believe this. I think that it has a ton to do with confidence for Brandon. Yeah. And that's why I was hoping this past week he would use Charlotte, which doesn't have a good pass defense, by the way. Charlotte has shown nothing in any of their games they've played that's good <laughs> pass defense. But anyways, besides the point, I was hoping he'd go in there, build some confidence, hopefully have like 250 yards, two touchdowns and no picks. And he just didn't do that. He can't throw 100 yards. His one touchdown pass was bad. He missed Isaiah Williams open half a dozen times. Like, it's just so disappointing. And, like, it almost seems to me like he should be, like, is the only way he can pass without Josh Matterbebe and, like, in, like, an air raid offense? Like, does he just need quick slants where he can only look at one read to get him the ball where he's open, like, four or five yards down the middle? Like, that's not the offense Tony Peterson runs. Like, if he were with Mike Leach, sure, go and do that. But that's not what Illinois runs. And I I just don't know what the answer is. I bet you, Brendan, if Illinois is down 10 to 0 at halftime tomorrow and Brandon has 38 yards, they are going to sub sub in art. I'd be I'd be in the stands dancing, Josh. I would be dancing if that happens. Because at least it's exciting. At least you get to see something new. Hashtag start art. (laughs) Hashtag start art. And I've been that way since you know, I'm not, and I'm not high on our, and I, you, it would seem like the way, like, I feel like I talk about him sometimes that I think he's like the next, like freaking, I don't even know, great quarterback at Illinois. He's not, he's not, he's, he probably shouldn't even start next year, depending on who they bring in in the transfer portal, um, Art Tukowski. but he's just, he's the, he's the only player in Illinois quarterback room that has done significant work this year. And that's, to me, that's what matters is what happens on game day and on game day, Artskowski, he he throws the ball. He he doesn't he doesn't elevate your team to to crazy amounts of success. But I'm telling you, he he puts up more than 24 points on Charlotte. He scores like two or three touchdowns against Charlotte. It, I, you know, and I don't know. It's just that's what's frustrating about it. But I think, you know, if 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 they're in this game if it's like a seven to 10 at halftime and Brandon Peters is still starting, it doesn't matter what he has, unless he has like four interceptions, he's going to finish that game. I just think that they're going to ride with him until it's apparent that they can't. And if they win this game, I mean, not that, not that I think they're going to be, you know, bowl eligible, but if they win this game and they're three and four and they have to play a really bad Northwestern team 
down the line, maybe they think they could get to a bowl. So maybe they don't want to shake it up. But I think if they lose this game, especially if Brandon Peters plays really bad and they lose this game, I don't see any excuse to be like, oh, let's keep him in, you know. I agree with you. you know, but I've also weird. been saying that for the last couple of weeks. So It's weird because a lot of people say Illinois is two fourth down calls away from being 3-0 in conference. And then you see yourself going into this Wisconsin game and you and I both would probably end up taking them. But it's almost, you know, like, no, because it's still the exact same yeah. situation where Illinois is relying on the run and they have to play a good run defense, and our quarterback can't pass. So it's different, but you bring, you bring up a good point now. If they do beat Wisconsin, there's three wins. You still have to play Rutgers, Minnesota, and Northwestern. I don't think they're going to win any of those games right now, yeah. but maybe Northwestern, actually. Northwestern's Northwestern is really good. Um, but now you look back, if they do beat Wisconsin, if you even win one of two against Maryland and Purdue, because UTSA, I'm giving to UTSA. Art was in that They're, game. Like, yeah. UTSA is good. They're five. UTSA and is really good. They want to have Memphis and Memphis beat Mississippi yeah. State. Like UTSA is good. But <clears throat> excuse me. So then you're at four wins if you win tomorrow, and you have to win two of three against Minnesota, Northwestern, and Rutgers. And honestly, I could see Illinois beating Rutgers. I could see them beating Northwestern for sure. And it all goes back to Brett Bielema's fourth down calls, which he said he'd do a hundred times over, but then he ran the ball against Charlotte. With I can't, I don't believe it. Even in, even against, I just think that's, you know, he's protecting himself, but what was the say? It was Purdue when he was like, he was like, oh, if it was fourth and one, I would have, I would have ran the play, but it was fourth and two. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. That makes no sense. But yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I really did like the point though, that you made, you said, you know, they're two fourth down calls away from being three and up, but that doesn't make them a better team. They could legitimately be, Right now, three and two, because um, UTSA is good, as we talked about. Virginia is definitely a better team than Illinois. But, yeah, shout out to UTSA. I think they're five and oh right now. Um, they are. They've been playing really well. Illinois had a tough little non-conference, and we thought it wasn't going to be that tough, but they, it that's just, you know, how it happens. But they could have – they could easily be uh, – what I say? Was it four and two right now and yeah. be looking at a bowl? But they wouldn't be a better team. And it, I don't know. It's just – that's what's tough about it. And that's why it's good that, that, you know, this is a first year coach and everything's going to look different in a couple of years, because you're not going to look back on this season and be like, Oh man, if they just went for it on two fourths down, they could have been in a bowl because I don't think this season's going to be looked back on favorably. I don't think anybody's going to be like, man, that team was almost that good, but they weren't, they're not, they're not a great team. Um, they've grinded out some wins. They play in a lot of close games, which is a good sign, especially, you know, for the future, but I don't know. It's just, this team's frustrating and, the most frustrating part about it is the quarterback decisions. Um, I th- Oh yeah. The one like thing that you, you know, the one reason I really wish that they could have gotten to six games was because Brett Bielema could have said, look at me jump starting this program yeah. wins in year one is a great thing to show to recruits. And my prediction going into the year was two and 10 and it, kind of looks like they might do that now i'd say the over under right now is probably like two and a half yeah and if you win two wins your first year recruits aren't going to love that like i know that the staff is awesome and their interviews have gone great with recruits and stuff like that with their visits but the more wins does mean just a little bit more uh more to show recruits you know with bielam on the staff but shout out ryan walters no i love ryan walters but yeah i agree with you i think and it would have been true. I mean, he did. He would have jump started last year. They were really bad, and they were getting blown out a lot. This year, they're not getting blown out a lot. 
granted, they haven't faced a lot of upper echelon Big Ten opponents. I mean, we'll see what happens with Iowa. We'll see what happens with Penn State. We'll see what happens with Michigan State. Those aren't going to be, I think, close grinded out games like Purdue, like Maryland, and like um, even Charlotte, I, I would I would argue, for the first three and a half quarters. But, you know, I, I think that there is progress and there is like I think Illinois is in a better spot than they were when Lovey Smith was the coach this time last year. But I also think that there's a lot that this team can still fix. There's a lot that they can go through. And if they want to get serious about keeping Illinois recruits, which, you know, provide a lot of good offensive linemen, which provide a lot of good skill position players, they're going to have to show some 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 results. And like you said, two wins is still very, very um probable and possible I, I think I had three or four I can't remember what I really said but it's going to be two three or four I think and that's okay it's not the worst thing it's it's hard to compare to last season because they only had what seven games but you know it's it's not you're not progressing or it's about progressing and that's hard to show a recruit oh we got two wins our first year we're progressing than what we had you know the year before that's not necessarily always true I really hope that Ohio State doesn't go and steal Ryan Walters in the offseason. That would stink because Ryan Walters is awesome. All right, let's do do some score predictions before we wrap this up. Let's do it. I think think yesterday on Illini Sports Night, um, my TV show that Josh was on last night. Thank you, Josh. Um, Did amazing. I think I predicted 17 to 10 um, in favor of Wisconsin. I think that they have a hard time scoring. I think that Illinois does a decent job defending, especially against uh, Graham Mertz if he starts. Um, I think he's gonna, they're going to get a takeaway or two. I think they're just on a hot streak with that. Just crazy. Like Keith Randolph had an interception, like who would have thought at the beginning of the year. Um, but I just don't think they can score. I think that they get a rushing touchdown. I think they get a, a really long, like 45-yard field goal. And I think that then, then Wisconsin just gets two touchdowns and a field goal. And it's just a long, ugly, you know, turnover heavy punt heavy game but Illinois just can't compete and losing by one touchdown isn't that good isn't that bad but it's like this game I feel like that touchdown will seem like it was never even possible happening you know what I mean like Illinois never had a chance to score that touchdown yeah that's a great prediction I'm going to gosh I don't think they're going to score a touchdown I'm going to go 13-3 Wisconsin oh Josh, if I have to stand in those stands and see 13 to three. Yeah. Yeah. Man, that's going to be ugly. It's going to be, it's going to be a tough homecoming, but I can see it though. I can see it easily. And you know, on the contrary, there's a part of me that wants to go like 21, 17 Illinois because Bielema was like, Oh, we have this one circled, you know, it matters to him. And who knows about BP, but right now there's no reason for me to believe it's not going to be about 13 three. I'm sorry. Yeah. I mean, that's true. I mean, Illinois, if, if, and Wisconsin is going to focus on the run because they've 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 seen Brandon Peters have the ability to you know make these deep passes but just miss and just not have correct ball placement, not throw the ball confidently like you said. And I think they're going to test them. They're going to you know they're going to cover maybe like single high or even you know double high and then stack the box. And yeah. it's going to be very hard. You know, I, somebody I was talking to made a great point. Like it was it was great that Illinois was able to run over these smaller Charlotte Conference USA defenders. Those Wisconsin farm-fed big, big boys, boys that they got on yeah. the line, come on now. You're not doing that all game. You're going to be the ones getting run over. It's going to be a battle in those trenches, and you're not going to win all of them like you did against Charlotte. So it's going to be tough, um, you know, I, I, but I could definitely see 
thirteen to three. And if I see that, I'm gonna I might throw up. It's gonna Wisconsin be Wisconsin football defense is like Baylor basketball defense. They have men. They have strong big guys ready to take yes, you down. Ready. If Wisconsin loses, Paul Chris on the hot seat for sure. <laughs> All right, Brendan, we're going to wrap this thing up. Thank you again for joining. As always, from Brendan and Josh, this has been the Daily Atlanta Sports Podcast.